Our beloved chiropractic profession faces challenges like never before. These challenges come from not only outside the profession, but also from within. Hi, I'm Dr. Bobby Braille, and I've had the opportunity to see this profession as a practitioner, a teacher, an administrator, and a politician. In my over 40 years in chiropractic, I've just about seen it all. Join me on Cairo Rants for an honest and no-holds-barred discussion about all aspects of chiropractic practice, politics, education, and philosophy. We'll talk about subjects that most only want to whisper about, and we'll interview the leaders in our profession to get some straight-up answers. If you're looking for a politically correct chiropractic discussion, this is not the place. Welcome to Cairo Rants. Hi, and welcome to Cairo Rants. This is Dr. Bobby Braille again. And uh, this week, we're going to be covering some uh, politics in chiropractic, specifically uh, a subject near and dear to my heart, the International Chiropractors Association. But to give you a little background as to why we're going in this direction today and who our special guest will be, and I just received a letter from the ICA. Uh, it seemed like a lot of happy talk in the letter, followed by a set of bylaws that have been changed. Now, my history, uh, for those who may not know, I was the 11th president of the International Chiropractic Association, the ICA. In fact, uh, a little bit of bragging, I was the youngest president of that association in history, including BJ, who started it when he was older than I was when I got elected. But that being said, the constitution that the ICA was uh, operating under, the bylaws, I helped write a lot of that stuff when they were amended over the years. So I'm fairly familiar with what was in the previous versions. Now I received from the ICA a happy letter talking about how wonderful we're looking to change things and uh, streamline was the word that was used a lot. Uh, to give you an idea in their happy talk letter, uh, some of the things that were said in there, as governance practices change over time, it became clear that the future success and growth of the association necessitates a more independent and flexible governing model. Uh, the flexible part always scares me when I hear that in politics. They also said a new streamlined approach to governing board structure and makeup. That usually triggers to me less people involved in decision making, which to me is always problematic consolidation of the prior bylaws and constitution of ICA into a single governance document. Now that out flat out scared me. Uh, when I saw that and then read the bylaws that have been adopted already, keeping in mind the ICA has always had a constitution and a set of bylaws. The constitution which would be set up by, uh, it was set up years ago by BJ, but it was set up and then altered by the board would have to go to the membership for a two-thirds vote of the membership to make any changes to the Constitution. So the Constitution was a fairly rigid document in that it, it couldn't be changed on the whims of policy of a particular president or a leadership group. It would be very difficult to change the Constitution. It's what saved the ICA when it was attempted to be taken over by the ACA years ago. That Constitution was very strong. The bylaws, however, can be amended a lot easier by the board under certain procedures. So when I read the new bylaws and the idea that that would be the governing document, the Constitution would be gone eventually. Right now, both documents are in effect. Uh, I was horrified to see how easy it would be to 
destroy the ICA and to remove all of the safeguards that were in there that protected it from amalgamation and, and dissolution, as well as remove any remnants of democracy. Now, the ICA in chiropractic was unique in that it was an extremely democratic organization. The membership got to vote for the president, the vice president, the secretary, regional directors in each of the regions in the United States, as well as around the world, um, and the representative assembly. And in the new document, almost all of that is gone. There will be no president. It's run by a board and a chairman. Uh, no, so BJ, the president, first president, uh, Sid Williams, the seventh president, Fred Barge, myself, uh, your current guest who I'm going to introduce in a second, all of that legacy will be gone because there will no longer be a visible president, be a chairman of the board running everything with a select committee. So before I get too much more into it and rant away, which I'm doing already, I want to introduce our special guest. You know, and I read this, the first thing I said, well, I've got to speak to somebody who I know well, uh, who I've worked with over the year, over the decades, I will say. I'm not going to say how old we are, but I worked with over the decades in chiropractic, shoulder to shoulder in many battles. Uh, this gentleman here is the past president of the International Chiropractic Association, so uh, affectionately referred to as uh, number 18, correct? <laughs> that is correct. 1982 graduate from Palmer College, served as an extended faculty member on Palmer, Logan, Bridgeport, uh, had a, has a large volume practice in Windsor, Connecticut, uh, diplomat of the ICA Council on Applied Chiropractic Sciences, member of the Legion of Chiropractic Philosophers and LCP, uh, speaker uh, at Dynamic Essentials DE meetings, as well as platforms all over the world, and was the ICA's Chiropractor of the Year in 2018. And I could probably spend a half an hour on just his accolades, but we want to get down to the meat of it. So welcome, Dr. Curry, Dr. George Curry. Hey, thank you, Dr. Braille. And let me tell you, I'm excited. You have, you have been uh, and continue to be one of the uh, stellar leaders of our profession, Bedrock. And uh, now you have this new forum, The Rant, which I love it. So it gives you an opportunity to continue to, you know, help lead and, and be in a position of leadership. So it's great to be on your program. Well, thank you very much. And I, and I really appreciate you taking out the time of your busy schedules to be here. Uh, before we get into the meat of our discussion today in our rant, I, I, for those who are listening here who may not know you overly well like I do, why don't you give us a little background into your history? How did you get into chiropractic? How has it developed over the years with you? Tell us a little bit about your chiropractic history. Well, I have a testimonial story like many many do. Used to be uh, almost nearly every student in chiropractic college uh, was there because they had an experience with chiropractic that changed their radically changed their life and and uh, that was the case for me. Uh, I had a uh, I had an injury as a kid. Uh, uh, I fell out of a tree and, and, uh, and got the wind knocked out of me. And shortly after that, uh, I developed migraine headaches. And uh, and they were, you know, everyone who's ever had a migraine headache, you don't have to tell you how bad they are. And I'd get these once a month, almost, uh, you know, like clockwork. And my parents uh, took me to the best specialists in the area, and and, uh, and they they went and then they traveled to another medical center, and they're like, look, this is a diagnosis of migraine headaches. We don't know what, what caused it. We don't know how to stop it. Here are some pills that can you can give to your son. It can really just kind of dope them up, but that's the only thing we have. 
So eventually it was recommended to me that uh, I go go see a chiropractor. And uh, you know the story, examination, x-ray, rotation of C2, subluxation, uh, correction. And uh, within six months, I was gone from, uh, I was alleviated from migraine headaches for the rest of my life. And it was such a cool thing for me at that young age. Uh, as soon as I could spell the word chiropractic or chiropractor, I said, that's what I want to be. I want to I want to help other people who are suffering like me. And uh, and so I've been doing it now for close to 38 years and and uh, love every day of going into the office and serving. Serving the public is what it's all about. Now, you have a, a large family. Uh, tell us a little bit about your family, their involvement in chiropractic with you. Yeah, they are. It's it's just a great thing. Uh, you know, uh, it's a double-edged sword when we say uh, family chiropractic because not only do we see lots of families, but but uh, four of my six children I have three boys, three girls, and uh, four of my six children are, are chiropractors, and uh, they uh, practice uh, with me, and we all practice together uh, in a group, and, and it's it's terrific, and uh, so it is a joy. It's not for everybody, <laughs> but in our particular case, we uh, we're a close tight-knit family and uh we uh, we all uh, help each other and are very very close so that means i get to see my children uh every day my adult children and uh, uh my grandchildren i got two grandsons so i'm thrilled and and blessed to have them close so that i can see them virtually almost every day well, I'm pretty amazed at that. I mean, the idea of running a practice and six children, I, I don't know where you found the time, to be honest, and do all the things you were doing politically and everything else. Um, you well, have two grandchildren. That's a wonderful... I got you on that one, though. I've got four and one on the way, so... <laughs> well, I got to I gotta work on that. I gotta speak to my kids. No, you don't have to do any work. That's up to your kids. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. All right, let, let's get down to talking about the International Chiropractic Association, the ICA. I mean, I know it's near and dear to your heart. I know it is to mine. We have fought for decades together on this thing to promote and preserve the uniqueness of chiropractic, and the ICA was the vehicle that we used to do that. So we were very, very careful over the years to make sure that nothing behind the scenes was set up that would jeopardize that both immediately and in years down the line. Now I'm reading this new document here and I'm gonna ask you some questions about it. And first of all, before I start quoting out of the document, a question for you, were you involved with the putting this together? Uh, Were you involved, I mean, as a past president, were you not involved with the writing of these new set of bylaws? Uh, no, I, I was not uh, on that committee. Uh, we had a, a, a mid-year meeting, our last uh, our, our strategic planning meeting, where we had a consultant uh, who was who primarily works with universities, colleges, and uh, and as an expert in governance in the in the universe in the university system. And uh, we had had a workshop with him, and he was. Uh, uh, kind of the architect of planning a change in the ICA governance to make it uh, more like a university to structure the organization uh, and model it as universities have their board structured. So it was kind of a whole new experience to me, but I was not on the uh, committee to, to, to uh, come up with this. Uh, I was on the board uh, when it was proposed to the board. Well, I am on the board as immediate past president when it uh, came up to a vote. But uh, I didn't get a chance to uh, uh, really uh, discuss much, much about it. But, uh, you know, at this point, uh, it's all, as you know, as a member, uh, the membership are going to vote uh, for it. 
whether they think this is in the best interest of the uh, of the association or not. Now, now, just to be clear, the bylaws that were submitted to us have already been passed. The membership doesn't vote on these. They vote on an amalgamation and removal of the Constitution to make this the governing document. Is that what we're looking forward to here? Is that what's going to happen or what they're proposing? Right. right. So uh, as you had previously mentioned, the tradition of the ICA is, is we've had our, our, our governance documents included a constitution and they included bylaws. And the bylaws uh, generally could be uh, changed by majority vote of the board, but the constitution uh, was uh uh, much more st uh, stringent, and that took a vote of the membership in order to change something that was in the Constitution. So this particular vote that's out before the members uh, is uh, uh, to vote yes or no, whether to a yes vote would be to dissolve the current Constitution and and have these new bylaws that were architect that were drawn up be the the, the sole governing document. My best understanding. Now, one of the things, I mean, there's several issues I have. One of them that's glaring in my mind was, you know, for years we went through battles to prevent the ICA's supposed merger takeover by the American Chiropractic Association because of their dramatically different approach to chiropractic. Um, and in the new bylaws here, it does have merger requires two-third votes, a board following, uh, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So it, there's no, it doesn't go to membership, but it does say the board votes two-thirds. However, as I look forward in this, and I always look for ways that it can be circumvented, later on in the, const, in the new bylaws, adoption and amendments, the power to alter, amend, or repeal the bylaws of the association or to adopt new bylaws is vested in the board of directors at least 10 calendar days prior, and then basically a majority vote can change the bylaws, meaning that two-thirds that they put in there to prevent merger can be changed to 50% at any given time in the future. There's no protection there. Right, yeah, that's 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 the way it was uh, drawn up. And uh, uh, in the beginning, uh, the consultant who was kind of guiding or leading, uh, if you will, this whole process, he, it was questioned about what about someone trying to destroy the organization and so forth. And they, they referenced, there's a term they used was called a poison pill. And a poison pill was supposed to be some type of a defense uh, that would prevent uh, infiltration uh, of an organization uh, to destroy it. And you know that in the history of the ICA, there have been people who have worked their way up into a leadership position only to try to, to, to destroy or eliminate the ICA by merging it with another association. So it's very, uh, very important or very tricky to look at uh, uh, the vehicles upon which that can or can't be done that you're bringing up. It's very important. Yeah, for those who are listening, uh, you're specifically speaking about the uh, one of our past presidents, late Dr. Pedigo who worked his way into position, turned out, was actually working with the ACA in an attempt to uh, dissolve the ICA into the ACA. Uh, however, our documents, our ability to go to the membership, our, uh, you know, the strength of the documents prevented the success of that. Had he have had these new documents to work with, it would have been successful. Um, right, you know, right. I mean, the strength of the ICA's history and documents, uh, I mean, that the nice, happy letter talks about 95 years. Yeah, we ain't going to make 100 if we uh, head down this path. 
my, my second big issue here, other than the, the, the fear, and, you know, you always hear happy talk, oh, nobody wants to talk merger, nobody wants to talk, get rid of the ICA. Well, that was the same talk that happened in the 80s before they did it, you know, before they tried to do it. But my second thing here is that the ICA has always had a fairly good membership participation from a standpoint of the elections. I mean, there was always campaigning, and uh, as much as it could be cantankerous at times, people enjoyed the idea of having to select a president, having to select a vice president, having to select directors for their particular region of the country. Um, all of that seems to be eliminated to where a governance board makes recommendations to the board and then the board vote who, who's in control by way of a chair. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I mean, it looks to me like a loss of democracy altogether. Can you explain right. that a little bit to us? Right. So the whole model that was voted on uh, by the board, the whole model, uh, again, mirrors that of the university system. Now, the university system is set up that the students uh, who probably, uh, you know, if it's a tuition-based run university, the students pay for their education, but the students don't. Uh, select their the president of the college. The students don't select the board of directors, uh, and 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 therefore this model is, is like that. And the fact that it's a self-perpetuating board, the members don't select the leaders uh, of the organization. They don't select the board members. The members, uh, just like the students, don't select the board of trustees in a in a university. The members don't select the leadership, and the, uh, the leadership selects itself. And there's a within the uh, board. There's a committee, uh, governance committee, and they uh, actually uh, get candidates that are recommended to them, and they decide uh, who are, makes the best candidates. And then uh, they allow uh, some of the uh, board members are, are selected by the assembly, by the state representatives. But the idea of uh, having uh, the members vote for the leaders through election, as had been in the past. And having the members vote for their uh, uh, regional directors uh, who are sit on the board, that will all be uh, wiped out. Uh, that's not, uh, as according to this document, uh, in the best interest of the association. So they're going to wipe it all out and, 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 and deny the members any vote uh, in, that, in that aspect. You know, in the past, we've had a nominating committee, which basically, I think, was set up in case it was nobody nominated for a seat to at least put a body in there. Um, but the membership could always petition a nomination by usually 10 percent or 5 percent, and that person would appear on the ballot. We've had a number of, in fact, through a stretch, I think most of our presidents were nominated by petition um, and not the nominating committee. So we had a number of times when the membership says, I want this individual. That's how Fred Barge got it. You know, uh, that's how Sid got it. Um, so, you know, a number of people have been brought forth and became president and leaders of the association by a membership initiative. All of that, from what I read here, gets wiped out entirely. There is no longer a, a democratic way to do that. Yeah, well, I, you know, the, the, uh, the goals of this new governance we're supposed to, like, a, again, a university system uh, tries to look for the best and the brightest to uh, have be on a board that's going to steer the direction of a university. And, uh, and you could uh, get a, a diverse selection of people. In fact, even non-chiropractors can serve on the board uh, making decisions on behalf of the uh, ICA. 
uh, in this uh, new model, uh, not necessarily from the membership, but from the internal governance committee uh, selecting who they feel the candidates are and who are the worthy or the, 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 the candidates that they feel are would, would best support the association. So it's kind of flipped uh, uh, as far as the power is concerned, uh, going, going away from the members uh, to uh, the, the board of directors. You know, from my standpoint, it just sounds like a very incestuous type of a setup. This governance committee that I see referenced over and over and over again, how does that, I mean, how is that, created who who makes that committee well the government's committee there's already been a government's committee that has uh, been set up and uh it is uh, uh made up by the uh, the president in the new model there they'll there there's there isn't a president there isn't a vice president there's just a chairman and again it's more of a corporate structure uh that uh that uh will run the association so i i you know i don't i'm not aware of any other association that is structured like that uh, and and, and uh, if there if there is there may be if there is again I'm not aware of it and so it's uh, really uh, all new to me and uh, what I do know is that the members themselves uh, have do have a say uh, and they'll get a ballot and they'll get an opportunity to vote uh, and and it may be the last time that they have an opportunity to vote on an issue uh, but that remains to be seen. You know, from what I've read here, and uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, it looks like the chairman, in this case it was the president, or maybe our final president here, um, created this governance committee. In the future, the president, the chairman creates all committees and uh, members, chairman of the committee and all members of the committee. So basically, l let me see if this sounds right here. You have a single individual selecting the committee and the people on it to vote to nominate other individuals to their board. Um, this sounds an awful lot like President Putin as opposed to uh, the United States of America. Well, well, it's a, it's yeah, it's a, it's a different. Uh, there's definitely a different structure on it. The the ICA uh, currently uh, is run in a whole different uh, mode than perhaps you were used to as president, and even as recently as I, as immediate past president, we had uh, we would have meetings uh, uh, every month, board meetings every month, and now we don't have them every month. We and, and in fact, the, the goal is to only have three or four board meetings a year, and in between the board meetings, uh, the home office is pretty much you know tr uh, is is running itself uh, uh, without uh, you know uh, uh, the board collectively uh, meeting. Uh, when I was the president, every we had an we had an executive committee that met with the leadership, uh, the executive director of the home office every week. So for four years, I had a weekly meeting every Tuesday uh, to kind of monitor the faults of what's happening. And all that the, the executive committee uh, meetings have virtually been eliminated. And so uh, there are very few and far between. So there's really not much uh, touch or communication that's going forward. So it's a whole different kettle of fish. It's, uh, it's run in a whole different way. And, uh, uh, you know, whether it's going to continue to be like that, I think a lot has to do with uh, the vote that's, uh, that will, people will be afforded to make uh, in, the, in, uh, in the upcoming months. Well, just, just so everybody knows here, um, the vote takes, let's see, this is um, just according to the memorandum serves, the ballot goes out with the initiative on August the 1st um, to the voting members no later than August the 10th. 
and the polls close 30 days later. So basically, August, if they count the first, is the month to vote to either adopt this new happy talk, streamlined, non-democratic document or to preserve your voice in the ICA as a democratic and the only real true left fully democratic organization in chiropractic. I don't know why we would consider giving that up. I mean, it's such a bonus to have a democratic organization where you vote for your leadership. Right. Well, you know, there are those who would agree with that statement. I know that the board, by passing these bylaws and uh, and submitting this to the membership for a vote, uh, it has the feeling that collectively that, no, the, the, it, it's better off for the association for the members not to vote. It's better off to, for the association to have a self-perpetuating board where the board members get to select who, who they are and, 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 uh, and they can recycle them and then they can step off the board and then come back on the board. There's, you know, the term limits are kind of arbitrary in the fact that you, you, you can do two or three you know, consecutive uh, uh, terms. Uh, it's, it's very, uh, you know, kind of close-knit, behind closed doors, not a lot of uh, a, a transparency, uh, but they uh, thought that this would be the best way. Elimination of the regional directors and so forth. Uh, elimination, you know, right now, uh, as the board is structured in the Constitution, there is there is a representative on the board uh, from those outside North America. In other words, we are an international organization, and, and it guarantees having one member of our board uh, from outside North America to represent the international members, and uh, that's going to be uh, go, go by the wayside. And uh, that's you know again the uh, the judgment of this document that that's in the best interest of the ICA to not not have a re- uh, international representative guaranteed. You know, I mean, just so everybody knows what's at loss here, other than the president, no more presidents, no more vice presidents, no more. Se- well, there is a secretary elected by the board, but not not elected by the membership. Each of the region, there are four regions within the United States, a Northeast, a Southern, a Central, and a Western. Each of those have a board member elected by that region to the board of directors. Canada has a board member elected by the Canadian members to the board of directors. And those outside of North America elect a board member to the board. All of those will be gone and it'll be the discretion of the board and the governance committee to decide to select people either from those regions or not. I mean, it makes loose wording to it, but it's not a requirement, nor is it up to the people in those areas to make those elections. Right, right. So it's really a, it's a radical change. It's something that, uh, uh, you know, hasn't even been thought of up, to, up until now. And uh, it's going to actually change uh, forever change the ICA as as we've known it, and uh, you know again the board has voted to say this is the way to go, this is the way it should be, this is what's this is what's best for the association, and now it's up to the uh, members to decide whether they want to support this or the, or they want to uh, or, or vote it down. Now, quick question here: D- Did you get to vote on this? Yeah, I was part of the the uh, the uh, I was on the call when this came. And I did vote. I did vote for the affirmative. And uh, at the time, uh, frankly, I I uh, didn't know all the ins and outs of it, and uh, we, it wasn't really up for a discussion. In fact, I suggested that uh, we have a separate meeting 
uh, just having this sole document on the agenda to really hash it out so that we could really fully understand uh, in detail what the ramifications were. And uh, frankly, that was not, uh, that didn't happen. They didn't, uh, uh, the leadership did not want to have a discussion. They thought that the committee came out of committee and that was good enough. And uh, so then it was uh, just going to be voted on straight out of committee. So basically they handed you all this big thing, says, okay, no time to read it. Let's vote on it and go. <laughs> well, I, there was time to, there was time to read it. I don't know if there was time to really understand all the, all, all the ramifications. And uh, frankly, uh, if the vote would be taken again, I would definitely vote no. Uh, but you know, uh, it's, uh, and, and, but regardless of my no vote, uh, if it passed with the other board members voting in the affirmative, then, uh, you know, it's, they say it's my fiduciary responsibility to support what the board voted uh, in majority, even if I'm against it. And, uh, and that's, uh, you know, that's, that's how it is. That's well, their, their objective. Having voted in the affirmative, you have the option then to vote to move to reconsider, which you couldn't have done if you voted against at that time. You could still move to reconsider. But I, I was reading something here that's rather important in their new document, and it, it almost looked like a litmus test for me. Directors shall be committed to supporting and advancing the vision, mission, values, goals, objective, and purposes of the ICA. It almost sounds like, you know, you can't speak or, or move against the uh, whims of whoever's in charge at them. Are you getting any blowback for your opinions? Well, it's, 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 let me put it this way. It's, it's been made very clear to me that as I serve as a member of the board of directors, that I have to support any of the board's votes or initiatives. And uh, the board voted that this is the way this, uh, we're steering the organization. So according to the, uh, uh, you know, the, the leadership, then that's it. I mean, I, I, I can't speak out against uh, this particular document. And, and encourage people to vote one way or another. Uh, discussing it, we can discuss it, and and to, to the best of my knowledge, share information. But uh, that's basically what I've been told is to uh, basically uh, support the uh, board vote to push this document through. Wait, wait, wait. We have we have a, a document coming out that is voting on whether or not to keep ICA as a democratic organization, and in a very non-democratic fashion, they're basically telling you no you can't speak about it you can't you can't recommend against this thing you you i mean are they threatening you what, what's the deal here i mean it, this is unheard of this is not i i mean we've had battles in the past where board members have voted against something and then gone off and done all kinds of lobbying against it and i understand that i was part of those things years back i'm into protests you know right right well yeah it's it's uh that's the long and short of it i've uh no uncertain terms been uh, been told to me that uh, as a board member, I am bound to support the board's decision and uh, and, and, and not to uh, speak against it, but to speak in favor of it and to support the board's decision, regardless of what my personal opinion is. Wow. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I, I mean, you know, granted, it is the International Chiropractors Association it's still based out of Washington and, you know, a freedom of speech country called the United States of America. Um, so I, I, have, I have a problem with the idea that you can't speak out against something that is, to me, and, and I intend to speak out on it, we're on a rants right now, so 
uh, I intend to speak at it and lend my voice to this. Now, uh, my understanding, there's a handful of people already starting an organized opposition to this. Are you aware of this? I've uh, yeah, I just recently was uh, contacted and heard that uh, there you know the members who are in tune with what's happening because most you know let's face it most of the ICA members are principal chiropractors who are serving their communities and they're they they're not necessarily caught up with that we're in the midst of a pandemic and there's a lot of things going on and so they may not be aware but those who are enlightened uh, those members uh, who have been took the time to read it uh, ha- are uh, you know are upset about it and they're asking questions and i just very recently got uh, uh, contacted about it and that's why i'm talking to you on the rant about it because people are trying to say hey what is this all about what does it do for our organization how how uh, we have a decision to make as a member and myself included we're going to vote a ballot's going to come out we're going to vote and we're going to make a very important decision and the best thing is to know the facts uh, and 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 uh know the facts know the know the reason why the board is, is pushing this and what they're, what's behind that decision and then decide to, to, whether that's right or not, right in your opinion. Now, I'm going to assume this was a surprise on the representative assembly as well, the larger body of the ICA uh, governance, because it basically removes their right. I mean, the, the, the assembly can vote on, I think, up to five board members. That was in the past. They could do it now. But those nominations that the assembly has to vote on have to come from the governance committee. Is, is that correct? They can't right. even choose their right. own people? Right, right. So someone someone argued, yeah, so in the past, uh, people could be nominated uh, for the uh, regional uh, board position, the five board positions, and then someone could run uh, from the floor uh, and, and, and could be, join the board. And, and, it, and the assembly, the state representatives had that, that ability to put people on the board. Now they can still vote for the people, but they can only vote for the candidates that the government's uh, hands to them. So basically the people that the governance committee handpicks, then they vote from among those people. So it's kind of a stacked or rigged deck, if you will. But I think, again, uh, that was uh, the board's uh, idea of, of, uh, of uh, streamlining the procedure and 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 they thought uh, obviously they thought well this is in the best interest of the association to set it up that way you know if you're running a corporate structure streamlines a good thing because you get to decide what happens and you tell everybody you pay to do what you want to do and even in a college there is some degree of accountability because of uh, regulations and because of accreditation but it's still run very much like one person's in charge and a board's overseeing it. And then, you know, there's no democratic process in a college or in a corporate structure. But an association where people choose to pay dues to be represented, that word represented is important. <laughs> you know, the idea of choosing your representative. And by the way, the representatives that are in there, because they're not, they're in this bylaw that can be amended, that could be all changed too. We could lose representatives. Right, right. I, I, absolutely. That is absolutely true. And uh, that's why uh, it's important for uh, those who have the decision-making uh, uh, process, those who are involved, those who have a vote, it's important for them to know what they're voting for, and what the ramifications are, so that they can make the best decision. And, uh, and, and that's why, uh, you know, your rant and other people who are going to be communicating to the members will uh, give an explanation so that they can have that freedom. Well, if I may add my two cents to this uh, discussion here as we're getting close to wrapping up. 
you know, I'm a hardcore ICA guy, and I have no intention of dropping out of the ICA because I don't like what they're doing here, but I intend to fight to the end on this one. I don't want to see ICA give up its heritage of having president. I mean, BJ was the first president. Sid was a president. Fred Barge, the people I admired and, and, and idolized. And now we're just going to eliminate that and put in a board of directors and make it some corporate thing, and you don't get to vote for those people. Uh, totally absurd. I, I can't believe we're thinking about this. Is there a need for some streamlining? Well, of course, you always, there's always, you review things and you look at how to make them better, but to throw the baby out with the bathwater here, to totally eliminate the democracy that is ICA is just unfathomable to me. Uh, all of you are going to be, uh, who are ICA members, who are listening, and by the way, if your membership has lapsed, please go online and verify through the ICA's website that your membership is current. And even if you're not sure, go online and log in and make sure that your ICA membership is current because you don't want to wind up with a situation where you don't get a ballot. Uh, but in the next month, you'll be getting a ballot. And I heartily recommend that you thumbs down this thing. This is, uh, this is not, I mean, it sounds like streamlining, but that's always been an excuse for takeover. <laughs> um, right, you know, right. the less well, the less I, people I, involved, the more it can go in really weird directions, right? Well, my yeah, my, my so my closing thoughts are this: is, is that we are the International Chiropractors Association. It is about the chiropractors. It is about the members, uh, and 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 uh, to express their right to vote. And they and and we're one of the few organizations that has that ability right now. So there's some very important questions before them. I urge everybody to vote, exercise your right to vote, and, 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 and you can voice your opinion and make it the organization that you want it to be based on that vote. So ballots are going to come in the mail. You can't vote if you're not a member, so your membership has to be up to date. And if your membership is up to date, you got to make sure you get the ballot. And uh, that's it. you got to have to uh, vote the way you feel is best carrying on uh, for the next uh, generation this great association. Well, George, I'd like to thank you, uh, Dr. Curry, for being a part of Health Friends here. I want to thank you for your dedication to the International Chiropractic Association, to chiropractic in general. I've heard you speak on many platforms. So, I mean, this is, this is someone who I would listen to. Uh, this is someone who has been dedicated to the principles of chiropractic as laid out by BJ and followed up by Sid. And, you know, so uh, I want to thank you for being part of our rants today. Uh, you know, it was, it, it's been my privilege to have you as, as part of this program. Thank you. I, I enjoyed being with you and talking with you, and I really uh, love and appreciate all you do and continue to do. Thank you, Dr. Braille. Have a great afternoon. Thank you, and thanks for listening to another episode of Cairo Rants. Thank you for listening to Cairo Rants. Subscribe for free and listen to insightful, truthful, and hard-hitting discussions with some of the biggest names in chiropractic. Chirorants is sponsored in part by Now You Know Online and in-office educational services. Learn how to expand your educational outreach to your patients and your community at www.nowyouknow.net. The opinions of Cairo Rants are exclusively those of Dr. Braille and do not reflect the opinions of any associations, groups, institutions, or sponsors mentioned in these podcasts. This has been Cairo Rants.